Suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descending from heaven came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here, for he has been raised, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. And then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has been raised from the dead, and indeed he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you'll see him. This is my message for you. So the women left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came to him, took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. This is the gospel of our Lord. Amen. I want to echo Pastor Clark's words of welcome. I uh, am so thankful to be here with all of you this happy Easter morning. It's my privilege in the gospel to worship with you. I thank God that you chose to be here. And you know the Lord is truly worthy of our adoration. He's deserving of our praise. So thank you for choosing to honor the one God and Father of us all. To all the faithful and uh, sweet and generous members of this congregation, you the people of faith who serve every day, not just here, but every day where you live, where you work, it is an honor to be your senior pastor. And I am so grateful that I'm a part of this fellowship. To those of you who have never been here before, I'm not going to ask you to stand. Just wave your hands. You know, we're glad you're here, and we hope and pray that God will touch your hearts, that God will bless you with the good news of Easter. And to those of you who might not have a church home, I am not up here to give you a commercial or a sales pitch, but this Wednesday we have a class for our (laughs) people thinking about joining. We'll feed you at 6 o'clock. You can come in your blue jeans, I don't care. At 6.30, we'll just talk about what it means to be resurrection people. And we have a nursery if you have children or grandchildren who need to be cared for. It's not a sales pitch, it's an invitation. You can sign up on the counter out there in the centrum. (laughs) Our mission is to lead people to Christ, and I take that seriously. Not because I'm a pastor, but because I'm a Christian. As we meditate on the meaning of an empty tomb and our Lord's victory, I'd like you to quiet your minds... And listen carefully to some words I've chosen. Only three words, these sentences. Your reactions will depend a lot on who you are, where you were raised, where you've been, and what you've experienced. Now, here's my disclaimer. Some of these words may agitate you. They may anger you. They may make you smile. They might bring a tear to the eye. Some of these phrases may mean nothing to you. But to the person sitting beside you, in front of you, behind you, these words could be just filled with profound memories. So here we go. Paris Peace Conference. The 38th parallel. Feel the burn. Build the wall. Black Hawk Down, Cold War Kids, La La Land. We're engaged. We broke up. 
Green Bay Packers. <laughs> Minnesota Vikings. That's two words. My team is always coming up short. <laughs> Better call Saul. Under the boardwalk. Run, Forrest, run. It is benign. It's malignant. It's a boy. It's a girl. Looks like twins. I am thirsty. It is finished. Just three little words, those sentences. And they can convey such a world of meaning, deep emotion, and uh, powerful memories, painful, joyful memories, hurtful, hilarious ones. They can stir up our emotions. You are here. You are in this place this morning because of three words, words that rocked the world, words that made the earth shake, words that changed the world, words that change everything, words that have the power and the blessing to change us. They are, he is risen. Say them with me. He is risen. He is. He is risen. Christ is risen. But in order for Jesus to be risen, he must have been down, huh? He must have been lowered. And indeed he was. Jesus was lowered from the cross upon which he died. He was placed in a tomb. And the Romans thought that's the end of the line for this uh, troublemaker. But he is risen. And we cannot celebrate the full goodness of this news, this power of the resurrection, unless we remember, even on this happy morning, some other things about Jesus. He was betrayed. He was tortured. He was condemned. He was mocked. He was crucified. He was buried. You see, only when we know these things about Jesus and remember them can those joyful words, He is risen take on their full meaning and power. And this morning I want to meditate with you on what that meaning is and what power these words convey. Jesus is risen means God loves you. Jesus is risen means God forgives you. And Jesus is risen means God wants you. On Good Friday, we remember the death of Christ, and he died that death because, you see, God is love. The Word made flesh. God, wrapped in humanity, did what was necessary for you to know that you're loved. God really loves you, not because your record is spotless, not because you've done consistently such a great job with all your responsibilities and all your relationships. And God loves you not because you're so wonderful and irresistible, God loves you and he loves me, sinner that I am. 
because he is love and his heart is full of it. Perfect, eternal, unconditional love. You see, that's why Jesus was willing to die for you and for me. Some of you know that a long time ago, many years ago, after a busy Wednesday night when all of our young people were here learning and growing in faith and I needed to stay a little late because uh, one boy's mom was running behind schedule. She had a busy life as a single mom. and So I got home a little later than usual and I'm not going to go into great detail. Some of you know it. But as I got out of my car in my driveway, I turned around and there were two bad guys with baseball bats. Let me just simply say I did what was necessary to protect my wife and four daughters who were still at home, who were inside. I didn't have time to think of my own safety. I wasn't brave. It was just instinctual. Because in a moment, I I envisioned what would happen if they took me out and got my keys and then could go into our home. So I wasn't going to let them have a chance to do that. I did what I needed to do. And that's not a brag. I don't know how I did it. But we'll do extraordinary things to protect the ones we love, won't we? I've heard moms and dads, big brothers and sisters too, saying, I'll go to any expense, even death itself, to protect my children, to protect my younger brother, my younger sister. Now, why would a person do such a thing? You already know the answer. It's love. It's not so much courage as it is love. And it was love that put our Jesus on the cross. So you cannot celebrate Easter. You cannot celebrate Easter without celebrating the fact, the eternal truth, that God is love and Jesus is risen means God absolutely loves you. Jesus is risen means that this loving God forgives us. The love we celebrate this morning is a forgiving love. You see, Jesus died for our sins. He died the death we deserve. He paid the price for our mistakes, our poor decisions, and all those actions from the past that we regret. You see, Jesus didn't go to the cross because we're such a squeaky clean, spotless bunch of shiny, happy people. He went to the cross and deliberately spilled his blood because every single one of us is in need, desperate need, of being cleansed. I know I am. And that's how God's word talks about this blood of Jesus. It is a forgiving blood. It is a life-giving blood, more powerful than any transfusion. It is a purifying gift of blood that makes the foulest clean. Since it's Easter, and there's a few more people here today than most Sundays, right? Just being honest. I want to tell you, beloved children of God who don't normally come here the other 51 Sundays of the year. That the members of this congregation are really thankful that you're here. We rejoice. And there's no way that I can know what would motivate you to be here for this one special day 
and what would keep you away from God's house the rest of the year. But I want you to know something. This I do know, and this I want you to take with you. God loves you so much. And no matter where you've been or what you've done, Jesus Christ forgives you all your sins. And you're a good company here at Faith. All of us are in need of forgiveness because all of us are sinners. Every single one of us needs grace. I am such a sinner through and through, and God's grace is my only hope. So if some secret guilt, some private shame, some old grudge, some ancient anger has been keeping you away, if it's been hounding you for too long, if you haven't been able to shake it loose on your own, then you've come to the right place, friends. Jesus wants you to leave your guilt, your shame, your sin here. Leave it in the tomb. Your anger too. You see, Jesus loves you. And his blood can make you new make you clean and set you free. Finally, Jesus is risen means God wants you. Now how can the preacher say this? How can we know this? Our gospel reading from Matthew ends at verse 10, but if you read the concluding verses of that same last chapter of Matthew's gospel, you see that Jesus then goes on to meet his disciples as he told the women he would, And he says, now you go and you make disciples of all the nations. You baptize them and you teach them to to live the Jesus way. He has the power and the authority to do this because he's God, because he's risen. He has power over death itself. Go and make disciples. What's a disciple? No, a disciple is someone who is um, living with Jesus. You're alive in Christ. Uh, You're seeking his mind. You're, You're part of his family. We call that family the church. And the church is not an institution, and it ain't a club, and it's certainly not a hierarchy, and it's not a business, but it's a fellowship of love in which every person is called by name by the same Heavenly Father, where all are in equal need of grace, and where all are recipients of the same life-giving mercy. Are you a disciple of Jesus Christ? Do you belong to God's family? Not yet, maybe? Well, God wants you to know this happy day that he wants you. And he proved that by the death and resurrection of his son. You would do anything, I'm sure, to protect those you love. I don't doubt that for a minute. You'd pay any price, you'd make any sacrifice. So would God. So has God. He died to protect you from the enemy, eternal death. And he raised Jesus so you could live abundantly now. Live large now. And live with him forever in his glory and in his power. So as you think about the meaning of this day, what Easter's all about, you can claim these words for yourself. You can say them and know them with confidence. There are only three words in length, short statements, really, that I think they're the most important things we'll ever know about ourselves and our Father in heaven. And I invite you, as the Spirit moves you, to say them with me. God loves me. God forgives me. 
God wants me. These words we can trust. These words are faithful and true. They're for all people, and they are certainly for you. And here's the deal. They're not just words. They're reality. All because he is risen. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia.